Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. So if you have your Bibles this morning or if you have a way uh, to get to um, scripture, maybe on one of your devices that you're not using for Zoom uh, or to, to log in and, and, and watch the service this morning, turn to Psalm chapter 90 as we begin this new series, Work as Worship. And as you heard in the video, uh, you know, most of us are going to spend most of our lives at work. Most of us are going to spend a big part of our lives anyway at work. And I think it doesn't matter what you are, whether you're a surgeon, whether you work at a naval base, whether you uh, are an insurance salesman, no matter what you do, you can be an entertainer, you can uh, you know, do whatever it is that you do, you're going to spend much of your life at work or working. And I think that it's one of those things that we sort of take for granted. I've got to be honest with you, when I was young and um, got into the workforce after the Army, I was a person who wasn't necessarily excited every week when Monday came around. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I, I was not excited when Monday came around, you know. It, it, um, you know, it wasn't like, man, I just can't wait to get to work on Monday. It was kind of like, man, Monday again, you know, the weekend went so fast and now I have to go back to work. But honestly, the more I grew in a number of ways, the more I grew, especially spiritually, um, I began to enjoy work. No matter my job, and it didn't matter the job, it wasn't a particular job that I had, I began to understand that I'm spending most of my life here, I make friends at work, I have influence at work, and I am influenced at work. And so I began to enjoy work. I began to look forward, actually, which is probably weird to many of you, I began to look forward to going to work. Now, you know, I wasn't crazy. You know, it wasn't like on Sunday, you know, I'm a big sports person, so it wasn't like on Sunday I was going, man, I wish this football game would hurry up and end so that way I can hurry up and go to work tomorrow. <laughs> it wasn't like that. But at the same time, uh, it wasn't a burden for me. It wasn't, uh, you know, something where it was a grind for me to go to work. And I think all of us should have that same experience. Now, there's uh, different things in our lives that cause us to not like work. You know, young people, as you get into the workforce, this is one of the things, you know, that you begin to discover. Uh, one of the things is uh, maybe the job that you have. Maybe you realize this is probably not my purpose. <laughs> I thought I wanted to do this, but now that I've done this for a couple years, this is not what I want to do. Okay, so something like that is absolutely fixable. It might not be overnight. We don't quit our job. Uh, just because we don't like it without having any other income because maybe you have to pay rent. You know, maybe you've got school loans that you have to pay off or maybe you're into life now where you have a family. So you have responsibilities and so you do have to work. But it's fixable. You, as long as you're still alive, 
There's no rule that says you cannot adjust midstream in your life and find out what your purpose, what your passion is. Another thing that hinders us is people. <laughs> now, you know, people, when we go to work, there's those folks that just get on our nerves. We don't look forward to going to work because of maybe someone at work. Well, you don't want to hire somebody to take them out just so you can love your job. But one of the things that we do realize is that we are people too. So for every person that gets on your nerves, there may be two or three people that you get on their nerves. And we have to realize that. People, we're going to have to deal with people. We're here for people. We're here for relationships. We're going to have to deal with that. All right? So, but there's ways that we can find our purpose and get into work. And one of the things is we have to realize that we're going to talk about just for a few moments today is that this is God's absolute will for our lives to work. It's his will for us to work, okay? Colin Powell, who's the former U.S. Defense Secretary, he once said that a dream does not become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. Dan Ogilvy, he was an advertising business tycoon. He said that people die of boredom. They die of psychological conflict. They die of disease. But they don't die of hard work. You can work. You'll be okay. And then Vidal Sassoon. You ever heard of Sassoon? I know some of the ladies probably heard of Sassoon, maybe the older ladies. Uh, he once said that the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary, okay? It's God's will and God's plan for us to work. Psalms 90, verse 16 and 17, this is actually a prayer of Moses. David wrote much of the Psalms and some other people wrote some of the Psalms, but this is actually a prayer of Moses. And listen to what he says out of the New King James Version. Psalms 90, verse 16, he said this, let your work He's talking to God. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So God is not someone where work is a foreign concept to him. Moses said, let your work appear to us, Lord, the work that you've done. Let us see it. It is your glory. And then establish the work of our hands. The God's Word translation put it this way. Let us, your servants, see what you can do. Let our children see your glorious power. Let the kindness of the Lord our God be with us. Make us successful in everything that we do. Yes, make us successful in everything that we do. Psalms 90 verse 16 and 17. So what we have to realize and what we're going to talk about just for a moment today is that not only is it God's will for us to work, but it's actually our first assignment. It's the very first thing that God commanded. Over in Genesis chapter 1, I'll skip around a few verses here. Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle. Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, humans. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then if you fast forward over to chapter 2, verse 8 says, The Lord God, after he created mankind in his own image, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And then if you jump down to verse 15 of chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Let's not uh, let that statement even there get lost. It's not just like he said, hey, would you go over to the garden? It says he took the man and put him in the garden, all right, of Eden to tend it and keep it. The New Living Version says to work the ground and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day you shall surely die so he gave him before he even told him what we consider to be such a famous scripture about how he said you cannot eat of this tree before that even happened he took him and put him in the garden and said now work it work it it's our very first assignment you see i'm all about faith we have to live by faith. God is not pleased if we don't have faith. You are justified by your faith, but you testify by your work. I'm going to say that again. You are justified by your faith, but you testify by your work. It's absolutely God's will that we work. Amen. In verse 26 of chapter 1, it said, God said, let us make human beings. Let us make man in our image to be like us. So let's kind of start right there for a moment, won't we? It says, when God made us like him, it wasn't so much that he gave us something to have, but he made us something to be when God made us like him. And so when we, when we understand that God made us like him, if we want to understand ourselves, we have to understand how God is as much as we can. Come on. Humankind was created to be a graphic imitator of our creator, a formal, visible, and understandable representation of who God is and what he's really like. That's, that's what we were created to be. Imago Dei is the Latin term. It means the image of God. We were made in his image. This term, imago Dei, is, it, is not a quality that a person possesses. It's a condition in which a person lives. Come on. In us, it is a condition. It's a condition, actually, that uh, illuminates opposing natures in us, the flesh and the spirit. God made us in his image. When God made us like him, he gave us his nature, his very nature he gave to us. We know that because we know that God himself is a triune being, right? We know that the Bible says the Lord thy God is one God. Jesus said this over in Mark chapter 12. He said the first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. 
But we also know that he's triune in nature because later on in chapter 28, Jesus said uh, that we should make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Humans are triune beings. We know that. God made us like him. In Hebrews 4.12, says, For the word of God is living and powerful, watch this, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So in other words, to divide something, there has to be something there. We're triune beings, right? We're spirit, soul, and body, just like God. And when we realize that God made us in his image, one of the things that we realize is he gave us his nature, and God's nature is to work. God's nature is to work. Some people may not want to hear that. <laughs> but in verse 16 of Psalm 90, we just read it, let your work, the sign of your power, be revealed to your servants, and your glorious majesty God's work is glorious. Is your work glorious? <laughs> in, in verse 2 of chapter 2 of Genesis, on the seventh day, God ended all of his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day. He rested. Don't worry. God rested, <laughs> and he made us in his nature, so there will be a time for rest. Come on. <laughs> Got to amen on that one. All right. It's only because man keeps his image of God that even if it's in a broken or distorted form, we know man fell. But it's only because we have that image of God that man is redeemable or worth redeeming. Without it, God would have had no reason to send his son to die for us. We are redeemable because God made us in his own image. And God's nature is to work. If we're made in his image, I don't know if you can do math, but that equals to me, we also were made to work. And so there's benefits to working. There's benefits to working. There's both natural and spiritual benefits to working. I don't want to just tell you that you have to get up every day and work and make it sound like this bad thing, this horrible burden on you. Well, that's my lot in life. I'm just going to have to work every day till the day that I die. It's, it's, not the, it's not meant to be a burden that weighs you down, but your work is meant to cause you to, to live a fruitful, satisfying life and to make you happy. And so there are benefits. First of all, there's natural benefits of working. Do you know, and this is just even research supports these things. First of all, it's good for your health and well-being to work. I'll tell you a quick story. As I, I took over as a manager working for uh, this company in corporate America, big, huge corporation, had 300,000 employees worth multiple billions of dollars, and I took over as a first-line manager, and I took over this group of people that was very eclectic uh, in both um, backgrounds, but also in age. And um, one man that I got pretty close to in just a few weeks, he retired about 30 days after I had taken over. But in those 30 days, we talked a lot. We got pretty close. I learned a lot from him. And, uh, but he retired. 
he was a person that worked pretty hard every day. And I really kind of looked to him uh, when I came in because I was new on the job. I was new as a manager. And so I talked to him a lot about the job and, you know, uh, all of those types of things. And uh, he worked pretty hard. He retired, went home, just as, as it so, just so happens that his daughter also worked for the company in a different city. So I had met her, and I, I began to talk to her, and about a month later, I asked her, How, how's your dad doing? How's he doing in retirement? She said, well, he's doing okay. I mean, he really doesn't do anything. You know, he didn't have any plan for retirement. He'd worked for the company 40 years, okay? And um, he was about 62 years old. So what I consider still a young man. I know the young people don't, you know, you think that's ancient. But, you know, when you retire, that's still young. You got a lot of your life left. Um, and uh, so he was about 62, retired, had worked for 40 years for the same company. So that's all he knew. And he, you know, he went home. He didn't have any hobbies. I said, does he do it? Does he volunteer? Does he have any hobbies? Does he do anything? And she said, no, he's not doing it. I keep calling him dad, you know. Uh, you know, why don't you do something? Contract back if you want to, to the company or do, do something. He didn't do anything. Don't you know 30 days after that, this is 60 days after he retired, she called me and said, Dad passed away. I said, well, was he sick? She said, not that we knew of. Every time he went to the doctor, he was fine. He didn't have cancer. He didn't. I said, well, did he have a heart attack? You know, he's a little older. Maybe he didn't take care of himself. She said, the doctor just said he just died of old age. I said, old age, 62? <laughs> she said, that's the only explanation the doctor had. I realized right then the importance of purpose and keeping busy. This man did something for 40 years and hardly took any sick days. I had his file over the last 40 years. Hardly took any sick days. Perfect health, but because he sat in his rocking chair. So it's good for your health and well-being. It contributes to your happiness and your fulfillment. Work is absolute, but work is like anything else. It's just like in a marriage. It's just like in any relationship or anything else you do. Playing sports is like anything else. There's going to be good days and bad days, right? Uh, and it's one of those things where you get out of it what you put into it. And so work absolutely contributes to your happiness. It also builds self-esteem and confidence. It can build self-esteem and confidence in you. And then obviously, the obvious one, work rewards you financially. Come on, it should. Otherwise, you're just volunteering. So that's the difference. In case you didn't know, the difference in volunteering and working is work, you should get paid to do it. All right? It rewards you. And then also, it keeps you busy and productive. Just like I was talking about this man, how after... 60 days after he retired, he, he didn't have anything else to do. I just, I feel like, I wish I could have talked to him, but I just feel like he didn't have, he, he didn't have any purpose. You know, his purpose was tied up in the company. And so, uh, your, though your purpose is, might not necessarily be tied up in a company, but your purpose is tied up in what God gave you to contribute, right? To work, to work. And then also, uh, work contributes to creating relationships. If you're going to be at work a big part of your life, you know that you're going to meet people. You're going to forge relationships uh, with coworkers, bosses, employees, the whole thing. It, you know, I, I, I'm sure that many people can relate. I know that the job that I had, there were several times we had company picnics. 
Uh, I know even my children went to picnics that we had and where we did things and played soccer. And you forge relationships at work. And so that's healthy for you. So those are just some natural benefits of working. Let me just leave you with a couple of spiritual benefits from working. From working. First of all, when you work, you're fulfilling a godly responsibility. I think we've established that, whether we like it too much or not. We've established that God created us in his image, right? And so there's a godly responsibility. God gave us dominion. Come on. Immediately after he made us in his likeness, he gave us dominion over every living thing except each other. Dominion. What is that? That's the power of governing and controlling. Come on. You can't just sit in a rocking chair and have dominion. I know you might watch the movies and see somebody tell other people what to do, but there's times when you have dominion, you have to get your hands dirty. You have to see what's going on. Come on. Dominion given by God is a great responsibility. Remember, you have his nature. So if you have his nature, what does God do with his dominion? He loves you and I. He died on the cross for you and I. That's what he does with his dominion. That's what he does with his dominion. So first of all, we fulfill a godly responsibility. Secondly, we produce fruit. Working, listen, working can be the best evangelism. It's better than a pastor standing up on a stage preaching, yelling, and screaming at people to get saved because Jesus is coming back. Some people need that. Other people need to see what you do. And it's, it's, it's the best evangelism. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, All you Christians, watch this, who are servants must respect your owners and work for, hard for them. Do not let, watch this now, do not let the name of God and our teaching be spoken against because of poor work. This is the New Living Version. 1 Timothy 6, 1 and 2, in case you want to look it up. Do not let the name of our God and our teaching be spoken against because of your poor work. Those who have Christian owners must respect their owners because they are Christian brothers. They should not work hard for them because much-loved Christian brothers are being helped by their work. Then he said, teach and preach these things. Teach and preach these things. So you produce fruit, fulfill a godly responsibility, you produce fruit, and then lastly, you get a justified rest. <laughs> Save that one for last. You get a justified rest. Genesis chapter 2, back in verses uh, 1 to 3, the Bible says this, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested. He rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day. He sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So you do get a justified rest. You have to understand that work is not a, a, a burden. It's not um, something that should be uh, something that weighs you down. It's not a yoke of bondage. Work is something that fulfills you in life. There's nothing greater than purpose. And I'll tell you this, a lot of people talk about potential. You know, that, that, that boy has so much potential. That, that girl, she has so much potential. 
I want to tell you something. Potential only gets you so far. Potential is great. We, you know, we love it. We love to see potential in people, okay? But potential only gets you so far. It's purpose that takes you over the top. It's your purpose. What is your purpose? And so work is not a product of sin. Work is a result of, uh, it, it's a result of God creating something in us. It's not the result of the curse, okay? Because God told Adam, to, he picked him up, put him in the garden before the curse. So there was work before the curse. It just got worse <laughs> after. It, would, it became, the work became cursed, okay? He placed, gar, he placed humans in the garden to work. Why? Because it's in his nature to do so. Remember, work was already there. It was already there. Now working, I'll just say this, Working doesn't get us in right standing with God. We know that. It's not what I'm preaching here this morning, that you have to work in order to get in right standing with God. But work is the fruit of our faith, and you're only justified by your faith, but you testify by your work. Amen.